my name is Padraig Tuma, and poetry is a fairly solitary art while it can sometimes get shared in books or in readings um, mostly poems are written by a person alone with a computer or with a pen or a pencil and that can be lonely but also it can be a magnificent way to find a language that suits yourself in those alone hours maybe in the morning maybe late at night but in so doing you can find a language for yourself that can help you survive Song at Midnight by Lucille Clifton. This poem has an epigraph at the beginning. Do not send me out among strangers. From Sonia Sanchez. Brothers, this big woman carries much sweetness in the folds of her flesh. Her hair is white with wonderful. She is rounder than the moon and far more faithful. Brothers, Who will not hold her? Who will find her beautiful if you do not? Won't you celebrate with me what I have shaped into a kind of life? I had no model. Born in Babylon, both non-white and woman, what did I see to be except myself? I made it up here on this bridge between starshine and clay, my one hand holding tight my other hand. Come celebrate with me that every day something has tried to kill me and has failed. Lucille Clifton was on my list for this season. In fact, she's probably on my list for every season. Um, Her work is extraordinary. She has such an interesting style. She doesn't use any capital letters and her poems are always short and so distilled. They're beautiful and they know what they're doing. They are so intelligent and clear. They don't get in their way and they are filled with their own music, which is a music of power and precision. This poem is a poem of two halves, really, and sometimes they're used separately. The first one is called Song at Midnight. The second one is untitled, but comes right after it. And so sometimes they're seen as two halves of one poem and other times seem to operate separately. Lucille Clifton was in her late 50s when this poem was published in the Book of Light in 1992. And the epigraph that she uses from Sonia Sanchez is from a poem called Poem at 30. And so there's such an interesting thing about being a woman, being an African-American woman and being an African-American woman who states her age that I think is really interesting happening in this poem. And the first half is inviting a gaze on her body, the big woman she speaks about. She speaks about the folds of her flesh and then she says her hair is white with wonderful. And I love that wonderful is just this noun. It is this being rather than it describing anything it is its own thing and she is it with wonderful then she continues to go on to describe shape she reclaims words that would be I suppose in the mind of some people who want to be derogatory about other people's body shape that would be derogatory which shouldn't be she says she is rounder than the moon and far more faithful she takes that word round and weaves it into something to say keep on looking and let me define who and what you're looking at in a way that arrests any imagination that would be derogatory 
so often people are used to being disempowered in how they're observed. And Lucille Clifton lived a very difficult life and she survived with tremendous power as she defined her own terms. She did not live a life of luxury. She had been evicted a few times and she speaks of the difficulty of all of that. And she is inviting what the gaze should be, having lived a life that would have been observed through a gaze of judgment for all kinds of things. And she is redefining and reclaiming, and in a way with great precision and music, dictating what the imagination of the gaze towards her should be. The intuition of this poem is that survival is not enough and even powerful surviving and thriving, thriving alone and flourishing alone isn't enough. She's inviting people into a new way of imagining flourishing where they recognise everything that she's lived through and they see that as a celebration, see that as beautiful, see that as worthy of touch and sensuality and holding because she knows it is. She's not asking for pity or charity to be included. She's already included and she's inviting people into this new economy of observation the body, the physicality of the body and every way within which that body has had to survive in light of systems that would have tried to annihilate that body. And I think that that is so meaningful and powerful. Coming from very far away and being Irish who looks at the impact of Irish migration overseas and the racist history of Irish people overseas as well, I find myself strangely moved and guiltily moved really that um, Lucille Clifton has written something that's so generous because I see myself in this poem as a white man and I see myself as a white man listening to this and realising that me and people who look like me, especially men who look like me, are the ones who are being appealed to listen to the voice of this black woman speaking to us and by us I mean men like me and listen and pay attention and to reform our eyes and to reform our imagination about what it means to recognise the power present in this person, in her body and in her survival. she counteracts control in terms of how it's been handed down through patriarchy with a powerful imagination about what community is. She speaks to people, brothers, in terms of a familial way. She's imagining that the people who have wronged her in their gaze towards her are brothers. And that is both a challenge, but it's also a familial invitation. Her imagination about what's on the other side of this is one of human connection rather than just turning the tables of dominance. And then she moves from addressing brothers to addressing people to say, celebrate with me. So her counteraction to a system that would have sought to annihilate her and cast her away, both in appearance as well as in her survival, is to imagine both family and celebration. That is a remarkable usage of power. It is powerful. It isn't just accepting the middle ground. It isn't anything limpid. This is um, muscular and brilliant in terms of what it imagines on the other side of repair. Mm -hmm. 
There are so many postures in this poem that you can imagine yourself being drawn in through. One of them is that this poem might register in yourself and you might feel like, yeah, actually, this is a song, too, that I would sing at midnight. And maybe it's a song that I'd like to sing throughout the day. The song at midnight implies that she's singing it to herself first and wishes it to be expanded into the community during the daytime. Also, it's a song at midnight during the great comfort of the dark. But then there's another posture in this. What if you're one of the people who looks on others and does not see them beautiful? What if you're one of the people who's part of the thing that has tried to kill others? This poem is to comfort some and to challenge others and maybe to comfort some part of us and to challenge some part of us. And I think that's the great brilliance of this song at midnight is to say, what would it be like for you to imagine this song for yourself? And what would it be like for you to imagine that this song is sung to you and that you're being drawn into something new? Song at Midnight by Lucille Clifton. This poem opens up with an epigraph from Sonia Sanchez. Do not send me out among the strangers. Brothers, this big woman carries much sweetness in the folds of her flesh. Her hair is white with wonderful. She is rounder than the moon and far more faithful. Brothers, who will not hold her? Who will find her beautiful if you do not? Won't you celebrate with me what I have shaped into a kind of life? I had no model, born in Babylon, both non-white and woman. What did I see to be except myself? I made it up here on this bridge between starshine and clay my one hand holding tight my other hand. Come celebrate with me that every day something has tried to kill me and has failed. from Song at Midnight comes from Lucille Clifton's The Book of Light. Thank you to the Permissions Company on behalf of Copper Canyon Press who gave us permission to use Lucille's poem. Read it on our website at onbeing.org. 
Poetry Unbound is Chris Hegel, Aaron Colasacco, Siri Grassley, Eddie Gonzalez, Lillian Vo, Christiane Wartell, Karen Navar Wiki, Karen Towie, Suarisa, and me, Lily Percy. Our music is composed and provided by Gautam Trikushen and Blue Dot Sessions. This podcast is produced by On Being Studios, which is located on Dakota land. We also produce other podcasts you might enjoy, like On Being with Krista Tippett, Becoming Wise, and This Movie Changed Me. Find those wherever you like to listen or visit us at onbeing.org to find out more. This podcast is produced by On Being Studios in Minneapolis, Minnesota.